0: Are you guys ready to get in the word today? Amen. We're starting a new series called Habitudes, and I want to talk to you about the call to maturity. The call to maturity. Now, first service, man, I took them deep, and so I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna actually feel. I feel a little bit like I'm supposed to go in a little bit of a different direction, and so hold on, everybody, say hold on. Hold on. Colossians two six to seven, it says, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in union with Him. Walk in union with Him reflecting his character in the things you do and say, living lives that lead others away from sin. How many know that's a powerful life? Listen, when your life, come on, and who you are reflecting, Jesus, is actually leading others away, come on, from their bondage. How many know you're free when that is happening? When others are taking notice of what's going on in your life, Verse seven, having been deeply rooted in him and now being continually built up in him and becoming increasingly more. How many know if God wants to increase us, we have to decrease? Listen, with every increase, we always like the increase, but how many know with every increase comes decrease? In other words, more of him, right? Less of me. Established in your faith, just as you were taught, and overflowing in it with gratitude. Everybody say gratitude. Gratitude. The call of maturity is simply this. It's to be more like Jesus. How many know that's enough? How many know we could stop right there? The call to maturity is to be more like him. That is the goal of the Christian community. That is the goal, listen, of our lives, is to be more like him. Not more religious, not more self righteous, not better than anyone else, but more like him. How many wanna be more like him? So, how do we do that? I wanna help you answer that question today. And in the month of November, we're going to be learning about what we're calling habitudes. Everybody say habitudes. Sounds something like, you know, Fred Flintstone would say, yeah? Yabba dabba habitudes. All right. Habitudes are when our habits and our attitudes mesh together to produce something holy. They are habitual practices and essential attitudes in the life of a growing Christ follower. So in other words, when my habits and my attitudes align with him, Come on, it produces something holy in my life. Listen, that sets me apart. And that's when people begin to say, there's something different about him. There's something different about her. There's something different about that family and how they carry themselves. There's something different about the people that go to that church over there. Listen, when our habits and our attitudes mesh together, something holy begins to happen in us and through us. As Christians, we have to understand listen, if we're not growing daily, we're going to die gradually. It's important to understand, listen, that what we sow, we're going to reap, right? So if we sow into the flesh, how many know we're going to reap corruption? We're going to reap things from our flesh. But how many know if we sow in the Spirit, we'll reap in the Spirit. We'll reap godliness, the fruits of the Spirit, all of those things. And as a Christian, it's critical to know that our attitude determines our altitude. As a church, we have five habits here that we live out. You won't find them on a wall. You won't find them on our website Um, If you dig for them, you might find them in the YouTube archives. But listen, these values are things that we've been practicing for the last five years, but they're actually being lived out in the life of people who call Real Life Church their home. Those things real quickly are to love God personally, to learn empathy, to live abundantly, to lead humbly, and to lift humanity. These habits is what has pulled us through these last five years. How many know the reason why we don't call them values is because habits, how many know habits have to be applied? You have to actually practice these things. And they have pulled us through the last five years and produced the outcomes that we are experiencing here at Real Life five years later. Can you just look around and just smile at somebody and just say, I'm glad you're here today? because listen, they are a fruit of the habits that we've been practicing these last five years. We've created a culture now that is becoming contagious. You see, when I think of loving God personally, I think of someone like Gene Denny who's 74 years old and he's actually at a retreat because he wants to get closer to God. Did you hear what I said? He was 74. Now if you know anything about Gene, he is a lover of God. That's what I want real life church to be known for. Listen, lovers of God. How many of you know that's not reserved for just somebody who's 74? How many of you know when you're 74 you just thought you arrived? But listen, for Gene it's just like, "Man, I got to get closer. I've got work to do." I'm like, "Man, I'm 52. If you've got work, I've got major construction going on." Amen. I think when I think of learn empathy, I think of Trudy Green, who was in our small groups and she's always putting herself in uncomfortable situations because she wants to learn and understand people. Even she's in her seventies too, even in her age where she could say, you know what? I'm good. I I, I don't. She knows she seeks to understand and she pursues people. When I think of living abundantly, I think of our women's community who this weekend actually invested in Nick and Regina Donaldson's dream of the Women's uh, Forward Focus Conference. Nick and Regina came to me six months ago and they laid out their dream. And I said, guys, listen, we're not doing a, uh, a women's conference this year. They don't go to our church, by the way. They, they go to a church somewhere else. I said, hey, let's make your dream happen. And I think of the women's community who didn't have to. They invested in a dream yesterday. And listen, ladies encountered Jesus in this place yesterday. Amazing things. When I think of leading humbly, I think of the quality people that God has surrounded us here at Real Life Church for the future, and when I think of lifting humanity, I think of all that we're doing around the world. People like Sam and Cassie Sikapizier, who actually have started their, their school, Operation I Dream, in Zambia. God is doing amazing things. But responding to the call of maturity means God is calling us out of immaturity. Everybody say, uh oh. Responding to the call of maturity is acknowledging and confessing that I am immature in some areas of my life. I'm not going to take time. I took the first service super deep, y'all, man. It was like an encounter retreat. I took them deep. It was so quiet in here. You could hear a pin drop, but but I'm going to sum it up like this. Listen, God is calling us to maturity, so he's calling us out of immaturity, and immaturity is can manifest itself in several different ways. Inconsistencies, instability, and iniquity. There's those things that God wants to break you free from. There's habits and cycles in your life that God wants to break off of you, and he wants to replace them with new habits and new patterns so that you can experience the abundance of who he is. God is calling us closer in 2023 to him. He wants to call you from infancy to intimacy. He wants to have an intimate relationship with you. He desires for you to hear his voice. He desires for you to know his will, to know your purpose in this life, to know the promises that he has for you. This is what God desires. And it's not just for the pastor. It's not just for for the saints who've been saved for years and years. It's for everybody in this building. But there's this thing, and I'm just going to focus on immaturity, and again, we can go really, really deep, but immaturity is behavior that is only appropriate for someone younger. In other words, you may chronically be 35 or 55 or even 75, but still be an emotional and spiritual child. As one person put it, who hit a wall in their spiritual life. And listen, if you're hitting a wall in your spiritual life, listen, I'm not mad at you. I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to empower you. Listen, I'm to be your biggest cheerleader as your pastor. But as they said, this person said, I had been following Jesus for 22 years, but in reality, I was a one-year-old Christian 22 times. You see, immaturity blocks my growth if I don't understand that it's possible impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. Let me say it again. Immaturity blocks my growth if I don't understand that it is impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. Let me just give you three phases of immaturity, and I'm going to move on. Is that all right? So. There's emotional infancy, there's, emo- there's the emotional toddler, and there's, there's the emotional team. And I'm not talking about, I'm talking about spiritually, not physically. I'm talking about us in this room, all right? So emotional immaturity manifests itself in emotional infants like this. They look for others to take care of them. They have great difficulty entering into the world of others. In other words, they don't have empathy, <laughs> They have great difficulty entering the world of others. They are driven by need for instant gratification, and they use others as objects to meet their needs. The emotional toddler, they are content and happy as long as they receive what they want. Listen, if you want to see what a toddler does, just go look through the glass on your way out. They unravel quickly from stress, disappointments and trials. Have you ever seen, uh, you ever been standing in line in the grocery store and that little toddler grabs the M and M's and the mom grabs them from them and puts them back. You talk about a fit that can be us, right? Things unravel quickly when stress and disappointments and trials come. Listen to this, an emotional toddler, they interpret disagreements as personal offense, Emotional teenagers, they tend to often be defensive. They are threatened and alarmed by criticism. They keep score of what they give so they can ask for something later in return. They deal with conflict poorly. Can I just say this to you? God wants to teach us how to have healthy conflict as believers. This is a huge breakthrough for you and I. It was a huge breakthrough in my life. I used to avoid conflict at all costs until I realized, listen, the conflict that I was experiencing, God wanted to use in my life to grow me up, not just avoid it, not to run away from it, but actually he wanted to use it to develop something in me that I was denying, listen, that I, that I didn't want to deal with. Listen, that, that was you. That, that had nothing to do with me. No, it had everything to do with me. God wanted to, to, to help me learn, listen, how to understand people. Come on, who didn't agree with me. He was doing something bigger in me. God wants to teach us. Listen, he wants to teach us how to have healthy conflict. And that starts in our homes. Listen, that starts at our, at our jobs. That starts in the church. He wants to teach us how to have Healthy conflict, deal with conflict. A teenage teenage adolescent deals with conflict poorly. They often blame, appeasing, going to a third party, pouting, or ignoring the issue entirely. They become preoccupied with themselves. They have great difficulty truly listening to another person's pain, disappointments, or needs, and they are highly critical and judgmental. How many of you would deem those as inappropriate behaviors? A few of you, all right. These are inappropriate behaviors for anybody who has been in the faith for a certain amount of time. Yet I've seen all these things manifest in the lives of believers over the last few years, especially in ways that I have never experienced them before. And I believe God, listen, in all his mercy and all his grace is calling us to more of a mature place in him. This is where he's calling us to go. He's calling us to be more like him. You say, Pastor Dean, what's next? It's to be more like him. Everybody say, grow up. up. Paul said, when I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. How many ready to put childish things away in 2023 and grow up? Everybody say, "Grow grow up. Come on, tell your neighbor. Okay, you can straighten that out after service. All right. But let me just give you three marks of maturity. Again, I could go, I took the first service deep uh, in that. But listen, immaturity manifests itself with inconsistency, instability, and iniquity. And and that iniquity comes in the form of, of generational curses and generational patterns. Listen, that hello, Jesus died for and wants to break you free from. Listen, you don't have to tolerate it. You don't have to live with it. Listen, Jesus broke it over your life, and he wants freedom for all you. But here are the marks of maturity that I believe the Holy Spirit wants to help us. Everybody say us. us. He wants to help us with these things in the coming year. And the first one is this, that I'm walking in the spirit of Jesus. Everybody say, I'm walking in the spirit of Jesus. How do you know if we could just get that one down right there? 2023 would be a good year. If we're walking in the spirit of Jesus, Romans 6, 4, Paul says, we have therefore been buried with him through baptism into death. And we're going to be focusing on a lot of the apostle Paul's teaching over the next several weeks and, and what he was teaching the new believers of all the different churches that he planted. But he says this, we have therefore been buried with him through baptism into death. So that, everybody say, so that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through glory and power of the Father, we too, how do know we need a we too movement? We too might habitually, every time you hear the word habit or attitude or maturity, I want you to underline it in your Bible today, listen, we too might walk habitually in newness of life. Abandoning our old ways. Doesn't that sound familiar? Listen, when I, when I, when I identify with Jesus' death, I am united as well in his life. Listen, and he calls me to the to walk in newness. Everybody say newness. newness. This is what Paul was telling the Colossians in the verse that I opened up with. It says, walk in union with him. With Jesus, why, reflecting his character in the things you do and say, living lives that lead others away from sin. Listen, God wants to do something so new in you that not only does it impact your life and set you free, but it sets your family free. It sets those around you free. That God does something so in you that you are so united with the power of his spirit. Listen, that he resurrects something on the inside of you and those around you start getting resurrected too. This is what God is saying. He said, this is not... I, I, he said, I'm not launching a sin management program. He said, I'm not. He, he said, what I'm doing is I'm setting you free so you can set the captives free. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm setting you free. I'm, I'm breaking the chains off your life. Listen, so that when you're on the job, listen, when you're at the family Thanksgiving table, listen, people are going to get set free. People are going to find freedom. Why? Because you have found freedom. It's not just, oh, yes, I've been set free. No, other people are going to get set free through what God is doing in your life. You see, if we're honest, Paul tells us to walk. Everybody say walk. Walk. And if we're honest, we don't like to walk. We don't like to walk, right? As believers, we don't like to walk. We don't like to wait. I was telling First Service, uh, for 15 years, we lived three blocks from Trader Joe's. One minute in a car, five-minute walk. You know how many times I walked to Trader Joe's? Once. <laughs> Once in 50 years. Why? We don't like to walk. <laughs> we don't like to walk. We, don't. we want to get there. We want it now. I'm going to get what I need. I'm going to get it. Even though it was only three blocks, I only walked one time in 15 years to Trader Joe's. And I believe Paul describes the Christian life as a walk because I believe Jesus and the Holy Spirit in 2023 is going to invite you and I to go on a walk. It's time to walk. The apostle Paul challenged the churches in his day to just start walking. My dad had quadruple bypass surgery a couple years ago and Um, after they got all the the tubes out and got them all disconnected a few days later, they didn't get them on the side of the bed and said, okay, Sal, it's time to run. It's time to go on for a job. No, no, no. It was one step at a time. See, some of you in here this morning under the sound of my voice, you've been knocked down. Listen, you've been hurt. You're in a season of healing. And listen, that's okay. Listen, God is not expecting you to run and keep up with anybody in this season. What he's asking you to do is to take one step at a time. Take one step. Just put one step, one foot in front of the other. One step at a time. This is what God wants to do in our lives. It's not a fast-paced lifestyle that God is calling us to. He's telling us to slow down. It's a spirit-led lifestyle. It's a place where I'm following him, where I'm submitted to him, where I'm yielded to the Holy Spirit. Everybody say one step at a time. Paul describes this walk throughout the epistles. He says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Galatians 5, 16, walk in the spirit. Ephesians 4:1, walk worthy of the calling. Ephesians 5 2, walk in love. Ephesians 5.8, walk as children of the light. Colossians 1:10, walk worthy of the Lord. Colossians 4:5, walk in wisdom. How many know we gotta get walking down? How many of you like to run? Not many of us like to run, but how many know everybody in this place can walk? You see, the response to the call of maturity is a walk, not a sprint. There's an African proverb that says this, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Listen, God is calling us to go together to a mature place in him in 2023. You say, Pastor Dean, it's 2022. I know we've got to, I got to get this stuff to you so we get it down. Amen. Amen. You see, as followers of Jesus, we have to be delivered from our addiction to speed. Come on. How many know we like divine acceleration? (laughs) I do too. I'm going to be honest. I love divine acceleration. I'll look up those verses. I think it's in Habakkuk. You know, divine acceleration verses in Habakkuk, all right? But we have to be delivered from fast how many know when we do things fast, a lot of times we're frantic? And God doesn't want us frantic. He doesn't want us freaked out. How you know he has it in control? You see, we want microwave miracles. We want instant intimacy with God. We want quick answers to our questions. We want quick answers to our prayers. We want God's promise without God's process. And as this morning, as I was praying and I was worshiping this morning, and and I'm going to just tell you, this this has been uh, for me more than anybody else, but I believe it's for somebody else here this morning. I heard the Lord say, I know you're in a hurry, but we serve a God who can redeem lost time. And I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but you're trying to make up for lost time in your own strength. And this is what I know. We serve a God who can redeem lost time. I was 47 years old when God called me to this church. Amy and I were like, we're never going to be senior pastors. We thought the dream had passed. We had a dream when we were in our 20s. we were like, it's not going to happen, but we were good. We were happy. We were at a good church. Church was blowing up. We were excited. We were happy. We still lived where we live for 15 years. And we thought that dream had died. But how we know we serve a God who can redeem lost time. Come on. And little did I know, come on, little did I know. How I mean, you know if you wait on God's timing, he can do more in five years than he could do in 25 years. Man, he did so much in my life over the last five years. If you would have told me, you know what, you're gonna become pastor, and not only are you gonna help transition a church, but you're gonna go through a pandemic. People are gonna be fighting each other, people gonna leave your church. Come on. And then you're gonna actually you're not gonna pastor one church. But actually, after five years, you're going to pastor three different churches, the transitional church, the pandemic church, and the post-pandemic church. <laughs> How many of you know I would have said, oh, I'm good, Lord. I'm good right where I'm at. <laughs> you can have that one, right? Listen, the Lord has his way of making up for lost time in your life. Listen, don't. Be in a hurry. Jesus and the Holy Spirit is inviting you and I to walk with him in such a way, catch this, that others can follow you. God convicted me last week of rushing. And some of you need to slow down so God can catch up to you. You see, some of you, you have God on your deadline, and he wants you on his timeline. And you're over here stressing out, anxious, can't sleep, unhealthy, because you're trying to make it happen over here. And you got God on a dick. God, if you don't do it by here, And God's looking at Eli, like, huh. Okay. Um, you're not quite ready for what you think you're ready for. Yes. You see, at, at, at 33 years old, we tried to plant a church. It was horrible. It went all bad, y'all. It was ooh, 18 months of hell. Hell. Th- working three jobs plus the church. Amy working a job. Everybody say, hell. All right, all right. God looking at me like, you think you're going to plant a church in 2003? Uh Uh-uh, no, no. Um, There's a little work to do. Um, My timeline over here says uh, 2017. 2003, 2017. Looks like you got 14 years of development to go. See, I had to get God off my deadline God I'm too old God I gotta plan a church when I'm 33 Holy Spirit said did you know that's the year of crucifixion 33 Jesus died when he was 33 I'm just saying all right he said you gotta get me off your deadline and you have to allow me to develop you're not ready yet you think you're ready you're cool and all but you're not ready (laughs) You're not ready for the people that I'm about to let you pastor in 2017. You're not ready for the pandemic that's coming. Oh, that pandemic, by the way, is going to do some crazy things to God's people. 2017. See, I had to submit to his process. Listen, rushing leads to regretting. And you can't move faster than the pace that God is building something at. Listen, some of you have to let your vision age. Rushing can lead you to ruin. I've seen it so many times. People get ahead. of. Did I tell you that I had the 10th gift of the Holy Spirit? Getting ahead of God. It's the 10th gift. I made it up. It's the 10th gift. But listen, rushing can lead you to a place of ruin and not only ruin your life, but everybody's life that's connected to yours, because you tried to make it happen. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen over my lifetime. The second thing that Jesus is calling, to, calling us to is for us to be deeply rooted. Everybody say, deeply rooted. Deeply rooted. God wants to call us, listen, he wants us to be rooted in church or in community, and he wants us to be rooted in his word. Can I encourage you with the word this morning? It says the righteous, I want you to take these, listen, I want this, listen, to do something to your spirit this morning. Listen, I'm not just preaching Dean's word, I'm preaching God's word this morning. It says the righteous shall flourish. Will you say that with me? Shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit. In old age, they shall be fresh and flourishing. Say fresh Fresh and and flourishing. You see, planning yourself in a local church is a habitual practice that develops essential attitudes that cause us to grow in our relationship with Jesus. Why? Because he sets us in a community filled with imperfect people to perfect me. Because he knows that I'm not perfect. He knows that I am flawed, so he puts me in a room together, in a community together with other flawed human beings, and we rub against each other, come on, the right way, come on, and the wrong way. And what happens? God begins to smooth out areas in our life that have been rough. He begins to straighten out things that have been crooked. Why? Because we're doing life together. We're not avoiding conflict, we're handling conflict in a healthy way. And God is doing something supernatural through the power of the Holy Spirit as He leads us and He guides us. You see, the more I practice with people, the more I make progress in my walk. And having people in our life is a priority if we're going to grow in relationship with Jesus. So many people leaving the church because the church isn't perfect. I'm like, you had a wrong conception of the church. Whoever told you the people in the church were perfect? We're all messed up. Come on, we got marriages falling apart. We got kids that don't want to serve God. But how you know we need each other? Listen, if you had it all together, you wouldn't need Jesus. You wouldn't need this church. But how many know, come on, we are here. We're in it together because we need something bigger than ourselves. We need Jesus in our lives. And I need the Jesus in you. I need the Jesus in Damien. I need the Jesus in Paul. I need the Jesus in John. Oh, two apostles right there. John and Paul. Look at that. I need them in my life. We need each other in our lives. God wants to plant you, why? He wants you to be fresh, and he wants you to flourish. And then we gotta be rooted in the word. I believe God's calling us, again, he's calling us to maturity. I'm giving you promises, is that okay? I'm gonna get done in just a couple minutes. It says, but his delight and desire are in the law of the Lord, and on his law, the precepts, the instructions, the teaching of God, listen to this, he habitually, everybody say habitude. He habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and night. Why does he do that? See, you got to read on. And he, and he, he who what? He who habitually meditates on the word day and night shall be like a tree firmly planted and tended to by the streams of water ready to bring forth its fruit in season its leaves shall not fade or wither and everything he or she does shall prosper and come to maturity. How many are ready for everything? Come on, you put your hand to to prosper and bring you to a place of maturity. This is what God has for you and I. And lastly, listen, I'm The third mark of maturity is, listen, I'm continually built up in Jesus. I put it this way. Listen, I have to be built up from the neck up. I have to be built up from the neck up. In other words, I have to renew, renovate, and rebuild my mind. I think this actually deserves a whole series. We might have to bring a whole series to renewing your mind. But listen, this is where we need to substitute old thoughts with new thoughts. I've gotta change, come on. I've I've got to go from my stinking thinking, come on, to strategic thinking. I I have to replace, listen, lies with God's truth about me. Listen, some of you are listening to the voice of lies. You're listening to the voice of the enemy. You're more in tune with what he's saying about you than the truth that God wants to speak over you. You're his son. You're his daughter. He loves you. And I have to replace my thoughts with his thoughts. Romans 12, two, do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed. Listen to this, the amplified version, as you mature spiritually. See, we can't become spiritually mature. We can't become spiritually mature if we don't renew our minds. And the second thing is this. Why do we renew our minds? It says in the second half there, verse two, so that you may prove for yourselves. Everybody, for myself. Listen, you don't have to go anybody to anybody else. How many know God will speak to you? Listen, when you've renewed your mind, how many know God will reveal to you his will for your life? So that you may prove for yourselves, what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect his plan and purpose for you. See, you cannot discern the will of God for your life. If you're allowing destructive habits and attitudes to rule your life, everybody say habitudes. Let me just give you this and I'm going to close. God is calling us to a maturity mindset. And is this a maturity mindset knows the will of God because their thought life has been reframed by the word of God. 1 Corinthians 14, 20, it says, brothers and sisters, do not be children. Listen, we read about emotional infancy and emotional toddlers and emotional teenagers. Paul's saying, hey, don't be an emotional infant. Don't stay in your infancy. Answer my call out of infancy infancy and into intimacy i have an intimate place for you where i want to speak to you about my word i want to speak to you about my will i want to speak to you about your why on this planet brothers and sisters do not be children immature in your thinking be infants in matters of evil completely innocent and inexperienced but in your minds be mature adults and today As our prayer ministers come and Pastor Brandon leads us in a song of worship, I want to invite you to respond to the Holy Spirit's call. What I believe, listen, begins now, but I believe in 2023, listen, there is a call to maturity that is going out, a call that says, will you walk with me? A call that says, will you plant yourself in a community? Will you allow yourself to become strong, listen, through other people's lives? Will you allow the wisdom of others to speak into your life? The call to be built up. The call to say, you know what? I've got to reframe my thinking. I've got to get rid of the stinking thinking. I've got to replace the old with the new. Why? So that God can break you free from immaturity, inconsistency, instability, and iniquity. God wants to set us free. Will you stand with me this morning? Before we go into worship, I just want to remind you that on your way out, you can pick up a Thanksgiving bag. I think they're almost gone. In fact, just to give God praise, we had somebody donate $1,500 and we already have 30 bags paid for. Praise God. But listen, God's calling you. And whether that's just up here at the altar, just for you to just take that step, Just just a short walk and just say, you know what, just in obedience, symbolically as a response to the message, I'm just going to take a walk and I'm just going to stand at this altar. Or maybe you need prayer. Maybe you need to be set free from your inconsistency, your your instability, your iniquity, your immaturity. Listen, come on, how many know it starts today? Pastor Brandon's going to lead us. I'm going to invite you to come. If you need to get your life right with Jesus Christ, there's a banner right there that says, I have decided If you need somebody to pray with you, I'm going to be standing over there if you want to just get your life right with Christ. But will you respond to the Holy Spirit? The call to maturity. Where is he calling you to go? What is he calling you to do? Listen, it's time to put childish things away. And it's time to say, you know what? I'm ready to grow up. Are you ready to grow up real life? Listen, We, respond. thank you again for joining us. We pray that message, ministered to your heart and lifted your spirit today. Hey to find out more about joining the RLC online family. You can find us on the Church Center app. You can also subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. God bless you.